Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. Matt Catrillo, back here with you. Thanks again to the suit for the fill-in yesterday. Back, everybody in the family is getting a little bit better from the stomach bug. May or may not be including that in my rant of the day today. But I'm back and ready to get back at it today here on the Steve Jones Show. Steve is there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. A sales staff that is simply there to save you money. They want to give you the right deal. All backed up by a great service department with awesome technicians ready to serve you with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And SMC is looking for more of those awesome technicians to serve in their service department. So whether you got some experience, you're looking for your first job, or even looking for a career change, they'd love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Todd at 286-7746. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We got Bob Pompiani back on the show today with us, KDKA Sports Director. Lots to get into with him. Pitt had their run to the second round in the NCAA tournament. We've got Steelers Free Agency to recap with him of what we've seen so far. Talked a little bit about that with Neil Kulong yesterday as well. And Penguins trying to keep pace in the playoff race. Maybe we'll talk Pirates. Uh, eh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see if it comes up. <laughs> but uh, he'll join us at 4.35 today. So it'll be good to have Bob back on with us to talk all things with Pittsburgh sports. So when I was off yesterday taking care of my sick family, I did get a chance to watch a little bit of spring training baseball. It's been a while. I watched a lot in the, when it first started, but I haven't watched really a whole lot in the last couple of weeks. But I was when I'm watching, I when I do get a chance to watch, I like to check in on how things are going with all the rule changes. So I'm closely watching the pitch clock especially just to see that dynamic. And the MLB just made a small rule change today in a memo that they sent out to teams. I guess they're calling it clarification memos. This was a story posted today by 
Jeff Hassan of ESPN. And it was the, well, first of all, the pitch clock violations have dropped from about two per game in the first week till about one per game, which is really good to see. And then they said that's actually in line with the reduction in the minor league testing last season. And it's also taken the average spring training game from three hours, one minute to two hours, 36 minutes. So in that retrospect, that's been pretty good. So this is what this memo did today is kind of address the more the obscure issues and potential for attempts to kind of circumvent the rules a little bit. So if there's malfunctions on the pitch climb units that allow the pitcher and catcher to communicate, the players must immediately inform umpires who can grant time and stop the ticking clock. Pitch climb then becomes a vital tool for players since it's the since, since its introduction last year. New standards will be enforced for bat boys and bat girls whose ability to quickly retrieve equipment will help efforts to speed up the game. And the league can even evaluate the performances of those bat boys, bat boys and bat girls, and they can be replaced if they're considered substandard. Never seen that before. On brushback pitches and, quote, big swings, which either knock out equipment out of place or land a player splayed out on the ground, Umpires will delay the start of the clock, and if the clock operator starts it early, have the ability to wave off the timer. In situations where pitchers find themselves away from the mound, whether to cover first base or backup throws oh, to home or third, on. there you go. Come on. Come on. It all makes sense. Look, start complaining. Okay? <laughs> Everybody wants to know, after taking the day off yesterday because of some plague that's running through your house, which yes. you can't seem to get rid of. I know. Uh, you, you were out yesterday, right? and everyone, I mean, let's face it, I'm getting text messages, emails, everywhere I turn, what is going on with the menu at the Bitterness Cafe? <laughs> well, today about the, the in the Bitterness Cafe, this is a public service announcement that I'm about to make. I am pleading with my fellow young parents out there that have young kids, or any kids in general. Wash your hands, everybody in your household, the kids, you, the adults, wash your hands, stay home if if your kids are not feeling well. Whether they have the runny noses, they're coughing, they're they're just not feeling themselves, fevers, and for goodness sakes, clean. Clean stuff, clean services, clean toys, especially. Because that's how I think it happened in my house. Just do do yourself do us all a favor and just help each other out by taking some of these precautions until we get to warmer weather. A message from this station and this angry dad at home, who's been dealing with the stomach bug now for three weeks. That's all I'm so asking. Another, so, in other words, this was directed squarely at the corner office. <laughs> S-U-I-T. That spells suit. The corner office, the corner store, I don't care. Wash your hands, clean off toys, clean off services, stay, keep your kids home if they're sick or if they're not feeling well. And help your fellow parents out. Because it's not fun. Just a little public service announcement for today's rant. But we're all doing better, luckily. Nobody could tell by your tone. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, what has been going on for three weeks? The tone's going to stay the same until we maybe get like a month without getting sick. Well, why don't you stop having you know stop having germy kids? <laughs> Believe me, we're working on that right now. Come on. <laughs> wow. Hey, I get poor, it. It's all part poor, of parenthood. It happens. Nah, I know. No, nah, the poor little guys. I mean, that's awful when it yeah. happens. Oh, it was Lisa that was sick yesterday, and then I had to stay home yeah. with them. But, oh, no, it's, it's yeah. you know, I mean, believe me, over the years, you know, it's like, kids are being here. It's like, oh, you know, my, my key was that I was on the road. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I could go on the road. Hey, why do you always feel great? No, no, I'm over at the hotel. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But we're doing better. Mark's had it twice. Luke's had it once. Lisa's had it twice, and I've had it once. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Now you have to be angry about something else. I mean, you've had now three days, and with you it festers. <laughs> While this is true, that was probably the number one thing that was on my mind as far as that goes. Nothing in sports hasn't really gotten me too revved up yet, at least. Because I'm okay with that with Major League Baseball doing those pitch clock tweaks. I think that makes sense. So we'll we'll see how it goes there with that. I did get a chance to watch the Yankees Tigers spring training game a little bit yesterday. So you know, did did Aaron Judge play? Because he didn't play for America. He did play yesterday. Yes. And so he didn't play for America. That's okay. I, I would rather him not. To be honest with you. Why? So he's ready to go for the season. I'd rather him just focus on on the Yankees and not. He didn't play WBC. for his country. Didn't play for his country. Whatever, it's fine. No, he didn't play for America. You can, you can still get like meaningful games in by playing for America. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! But I mean, but my biggest beat with the WBC is you have everybody trying to fixate themselves with the new rules, but then you're not playing under those rules under the WBC and there's been a couple of times in that ninth inning yesterday well Shohei Otani would have would have uh, been against the pitch clock thing he would have been he would have been caught every like three times during that inning he would have violated that rule like three times I mean, during that inning I have no problem with position players playing in the, in the WBC because you have to get ready for the season anyway and I think if you have a chance to play in it for your country, you should. That's just me. Um, and then I flip it to the other part. I don't mind my pitchers being in it. Rob Manfred is correct about that. You actually do need the better pitchers in the game. Um I'll give him that, that because this seemed – I didn't watch a second of the WBC, to be honest. I watched a little bit of it last night. But I, it seems it seems like to me this was probably the best played WBC for that exact reason. I mean, that, that part um, – now, if – I think if I am going to let my pitcher pitch in it, I would then give the manager specific training instructions 
as to how much, what the innings limit happens to be and what the split has to be between appearances. You know, in other words, we'll let him play in it, but we're going to still do it like he's in spring training. That makes sense. Well, that's why I said it. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my almighty! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. All right. So... Uh, there is no news yet on the on the Micah Shrewsbury front. Uh, so, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, you know, oh, I know what's going on in the whole deal. No, I, I stay out of these things. And if I were to go on here and then start telling you maybe a couple of tidbits I might know, all right, because I don't have them uh, corroborated, I would be doing you, the audience, a disservice because I don't want to sit here and lie to you on the show. Okay? So do I know what's going on, what stage it's at? Look, it's, it's close one way or the other. I think that's just out of common sense. One way or the other, it's, it's, I think we're pretty close to hearing which way it's going to go. Um, and... But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know, you know, at what stage it's at either. It's just common sense says, okay, look, at some point we're going to have to find out. Okay. Dallian Johnson, though, did put his name into the transfer portal today. And we're not surprised about that. Dallian had started the second half of last season. He went nine straight games at one point without playing a minute before he got into the game against... I'm trying to think which game he got into. I think it was Northwestern. He got into the game against Northwestern in the Big Ten tournament, and he'd got nine straight games without playing. So you kind of had a feeling that Dalian would probably put his name in. I mean, because he wants to play. I mean, I got it. You know, so he put his name in the transfer portal, and we'll find out exactly what the interest happens to be, and we'll go from there. Okay. And I actually did get the football practice yesterday for the first time. Guess who greeted me? James Franklin. Yes. <laughs> he's he's on the practice. He's uh, they were doing special teams when I walked in, and so you know I went in between the fields, which is usually where I go. That way, I can if I want to look at defense, I can look to my left. I can look at offense. I can look to my right. You know, so I can kind of keep a tab on, on both. And all of a sudden I hear he says, he says, Steve, this is the first time I've had to share you at this time of the year. <laughs> he says, he says, and that's great. <laughs> I said, it is great, isn't it? Right. So that was my greeting. <laughs> oh, goodness. So. Well, it is a good thing. It means yeah, you were no, busy. It, it, it was funny. You know, it was funny. I mean, it, 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 was, it was funny. This is the first time I've had to share you at this time of the year. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. We will take a break. Okay. Matt's upset. 
Matt's bitter. Matt's mad. Matt is on a roll. We will attempt to not interrupt that roll because we feel in the end, just by letting it out, his road to recovery. Huh? What do you think? Sure. Well, that didn't sound positive. You're just so you're just so angry about everything here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. No God! No God! No God! Hmm. When car repairs get difficult, well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. James, uh, the pads came on a few days ago. How did you see the team respond, and how would you kind of characterize what they brought to the field through four sessions? Yeah, I think I think pretty good. Um... You know, I think the young guys aren't as physical right now as I think they need to be because they're thinking. Um, but overall, I've liked how we practiced. As you guys know, uh, kind of talked about this in the press conference a little bit, but we got some guys that are limited, um, you know, which which I wish we had everybody out here healthy flying around. But, um, but overall, it, it, it's been good. You know, obviously, we scrimmaged a little bit this past Saturday. Um, it'll be interesting to see the step we take from the first live day to the second live day to see if we can play faster and more aggressive. Yeah, and uh, they've got that coming up on tomorrow, and then they then they'll do a lot more on Saturday. In fact, when they get to tomorrow, tomorrow will be the fifth practice. That means they're one-third of the way through spring practice. You know, it's really a plus looking at the team. Just on first blush, it's great to see two, two offensive lines out there. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I'm just worried about you. Always appreciate the concern, but happy to be back. It's the first time I've heard you use the word happiness. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties, which are so important. 
Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a terrific service department that backs it all up for the life of the vehicle. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. So let's uh, dig down into what the reality of current college sports happens to be. And it's something I've talked about before. Yeah, And you saw an example of it today because Dalian Johnson has put his name into the transfer portal. And the transfer portal is a fact of life in college sports today. Okay. So, but the one thing that is, that that has to be somewhat reconciled is what is the attitude that longtime fans of college sports have to what the current model happens to be. And the current model until there is some structure put in here. Eventually there has to be some structure on name, image, and likeness and collectives. There has to be some structure on the transfer portal. I think they're making a step in that direction. I think they're doing what uh what uh it sounds like I think they're gonna do what we had talked about what a year ago that hey look, you should be allowed to transfer the first time, but the second time you gotta sit out of here. Okay. Um, the um, if you talk to longtime fans, and obviously I talk to a lot of fans over a wide spectrum, and listen to a lot of fans over a wide spectrum. I mean, part of it's listening, and I hear what they're saying. I mean, I hear what they're saying. The transfer portal part, they're somewhat uncomfortable with. The name, image, and likeness part, especially the collective part, is the part that they're uncomfortable with. I don't think anybody, I don't really think anybody has a problem if Matt Catrillo is uh, the starting quarterback for said football team and Sunbury Motors comes to Matt and says, hey, look, we think because of your name, your image, and your likeness, we would love to put you under contract to do some radio or some TV commercials for us, something like that. I think everybody feels like, hey, you know what? Hey, that makes complete sense. Yeah, but the part about Matt being a star quarterback, that's the part that doesn't make sense, but I had to, I had to throw a name in there. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Although, you know, I asked the kids, boy, daddy can really throw the ball. Like, Okay, but you know, like you're 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 one and three respectively. I mean, yeah, he should be able to throw the ball farther than you. It's just me. All right, so <laughs> oh my almighty! Okay, but this is where we are. You either adapt or you lose. That's where we are in college sports right now, and you need to adapt while also maintaining standards and I think that's important to most people maintaining standards and if you can maintain standards you can you can go with name image and likeness and collectives 
I think within five years, it's just a guess on my part, but I think in five years, I think there'll just be more structure because every state does have its own NIL laws. Some have been adjusted. Pennsylvania made an adjustment back in November to its law, for example. But you know, I'll give you, you know, an example you know, on name, image, and likeness. You know, they're selling jerseys, right? They're selling a jersey, and you wear the number of that jersey. Well, you increase the value of the number of that jersey of somebody who buys it because they want to buy it. You know? Should you get a, a small cut of it? Sure. You're the one that made it more valuable. You know, the front part of it made it valuable to begin with. Then the back part of it, now, of course, Penn State doesn't put names on its jerseys, but that enhanced the value of it. I mean, did if you went down and in between 2015 and 2017 and you bought a number 26 jersey of Penn State, right? Yes, you bought a Penn State football jersey, but didn't you buy 26 because Saquon Barkley... That's his number. Right? So all of this makes sense to me. The part I think people are uncomfortable with are the collectives. Uh, But it's a fact of life. And as I've pointed out many times, Penn State is third, I believe, in the nation in sports endowed scholarships and sports endowments. That's great. And that's made a big, big difference. But the collectives are also critical to the success of any program. And you always have to discuss rate, okay, return on investment, okay? Return on investment is always something that is really important. So this is where the business part comes in. When the TV deals are done, for the most part, TV TV deals are done with the idea they're going to carry football. Oh, and by the way, we need to really make it pay off, so guess what? We're going to make men's basketball a big part of this as well. Because now we're paying, you know, now we've got programming that runs from the end of August or the beginning of September all the way into the first, maybe the second week of March. You know, at that point, CBS and Turner take over with the NCAA tournament. And you're providing inventory. That's, you know, so you're getting TV money from that. You know, you're also getting attendance. Football, their their average attendance. Okay? Men's basketball is second in average attendance at Penn State. Now, and you're saying, well, what about wrestling? Hey, guys, guys, guys. Hey, wrestling wrestles in a smaller venue. All right. So even though it's sold out, you know, and so maybe I'm talking technicality here, but it, you know, but in a technical sense, men's basketball is second in tickets sold. Right? They have more tickets to sell. Right? Let's be fair. They have more tickets to sell. All right. But they averaged about, I think, men's basketball averaged about eight thousand this year. Something like that. Um. But in terms of return on investment, I was talking yesterday about name, image, and likeness, and I mentioned, hey, look, you invest in something with the idea you're going to make more from it. Football is critical. 
I mean, why does Penn State need to have seven home games? Penn State needs to have seven home games because that is part of the financial formula that makes the engine work. That's why you have seven home games. And that's that's big. And so when you say you're going to put in a new weight room, that's return you're looking for return on investment. When you say you're going to redo the practice fields, that's return on investment. The idea is, are you going to get a football team um, that will do well enough to make the college football playoff? And starting a year from now, the idea this year is to get to the four, and they've got a shot at it. The year after, it goes to 12. Well, that's going to bring with it more money, and then when they and then I think eventually it goes to sixteen. Again, that's going to bring with it more money. Getting into the tournament is going to mean more money coming your way. That's what it means to invest in it. Men's basketball, for example, is the the next one you need to invest in. I know a lot of people are going to say, "What about wrestling? What about wrestling?" Wrestling's not going to bring you... Wrestling's return on investment brings with it national championships. Wrestling's return on investment does not bring enough money. I didn't say it didn't bring money. It didn't bring enough money. Wrestling revenue, June 30th, 2022, was the last fiscal reporting period. Wrestling revenue was at $2.2 million. Wrestling brought in $2.2 million in revenue. The problem is that wrestling's expenses were $3.4 million, so the net was minus $1.2 million. All right? That's not to put down anybody. It's only to state facts so everybody understands where we're coming from in the financial argument. It has nothing to do with the greatness of the program. It has nothing to do with the greatness of the national titles. Has nothing to do with anything. It is the best program in the country. It's the best program in the country. But that doesn't mean because of the the sport, the sport doesn't make money. If Penn State can't make money, nobody can. They sell every ticket. It's phenomenal. It's the best. But they bring in two point two million in revenue, approximately, based on the numbers that were reported. But the expenses are three point four million. That's a loss of one point two million. All right. So what can make you money? Men's ice hockey, look, with everything at Pagula added in and so forth, you're right around the break even area. It lost what thirty two thousand dollars last year. But they're right around the break even area. Okay. Okay. What can make you money to then help everybody else? Football's obvious. That's the behemoth. Men's basketball can help you. I mean, Penn State did its part this year. They won two rounds of the. Excuse me. They went two rounds of the tournament. They won one and went two rounds of the tournament. And by doing that, they earned six years worth of revenue that will be kicked into the Big Ten pot and it's 338 almost 339,000 around so you're talking about 
almost $700,000. And if you're wondering about the NCAA Wrestling Championship, well, they just went to that. That brought in Penn State's cut a year ago. It's it, And, I, again, I read all the lines. Right? Penn State's cut a year ago in the NCAA Wrestling Championship was $45,000. I'm all I'm doing is just laying out the numbers for you. That's why in men's basketball return on investment. Now they put in a new weight room; it's great. They put in a new hot tub, cold tub, everything. It's really they did a great upgrade, right? The meal room is great. The meeting room is now great. You know, Peter and Ann Tombros put a lot of money into that. They've endowed the head coaching position. Peter and Ann have along the way. It's phenomenal what they've done. But when it comes to name, image, and likeness, you want to help out every program name, image, and likeness-wise. There's no question about that. But you've got to make sure your football and your men's basketball are getting the name, image, and likeness elements in play because of the current atmosphere of college sports. The current atmosphere of college sports dictates that you have to do that. And that's why it's important. And we'll see how this plays out with Micah. And then we'll go from there. So. I've always thought, I just thought of this. Where does hosting for football, where does hosting the spring game fall into all this? As far as far as from a revenue from the revenue standpoint for the whole year, like you mentioned, you have to have the well, seven okay. home games. Where does the right. spring game go? Well, you know, now you pay, I'm trying to think, you pay to park now, right? I believe. And the reason you pay to park is if you made all of it free, it would actually, I think it's something like $600,000 to stage the game. Something like that. Because you got to pay for police, you got to pay for attendance, you got to pay. I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot more expenses. There's more expenses than people realize just to put it on. So I think that's the reason why people have to pay to park for it now. It's not like having a regular game. Um. Okay. Uh, the basketball news I mentioned, Dalian Johnson did put his name into the transfer portal. And what have I been talking about with Seth Lundy? I've been saying for, what, months? That Seth should put his name into the NBA draft. Well, today, he said, hey, this is the right time for me to go to the next level. I feel I can compete with the best of them. He plans to enter the NBA draft. Okay. And his coach has and his coach has been encouraging him to do that. Look, if Seth can make some money, that that okay, that that would help his family out. That that's big. I'm a big Seth Lundy fan. Big Seth Lundy fan. I want him to do as well as he possibly can. And it's going to be great for him to get the evaluations from everybody. Now, remember, he can enter the NBA draft, right, put his name in. He can have an agent that can get him and steer him 
toward individual workouts and things like that. And then he can make up his mind. I think it's like two and a half, three weeks before. It's, in, it's like the first week in June. So it's like two and a half to three weeks before the draft. Then you can make up your mind as to whether you want to stay in or, or pull your name out. Okay? And Seth Lundy has an NBA game. Right. All right. We will uh, come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, the home of the Macatrillo Bitterness Cafe. Something that's very noticeable compared to last spring is how the numbers on the offensive line. I mean, it was a struggle last year. It seems like that's an abundance of, of bodies over there now. How does that change what you can accomplish here in March and April? And ultimately, what does it mean for your roster this fall? I think it helps. The issue is, you know, the challenge is you get the numbers at the line and then you're limited with numbers at other places. You know, we haven't really had a year, I don't know if anybody does, where you got the right amount of numbers at every single position. But for that group and for the D-line, I think it's been it's been a real positive. There's really good competition. Um, and I think you guys see just even physically looking at them, it's just a lot of guys that looked apart in terms of size, athleticism, uh, to be able to compete. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And then obviously having the three young guys here early um, help. Then we got we got one more still coming. Yeah, no question. I mean, last year, because of circum, there were so many circumstances last year, they had to change all the practices last year as to how they went about it, and that included the blue-white game because of the numbers, the limited numbers they had in the offensive line last year, the circumstances. But you go out there now, and you see Olu. You see Hunter Norzat, Landon Tangwall's back. you got Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace. You've got Drew Shelton. Uh you know, Venga Yoane, you start going through the guys that they have there. I mean, they're pretty much too deep on the offensive line. I mean, it's it, and it's not just too deep with bodies. It is, I mean, too deep with guys that can play. And I think that's, to me, that's the most noticeable part right out of the gate. Is you've got, you've got depth up front. And that makes a, you know, J.B. Nelson. I didn't mention J.B. Nelson. Um, and not only that, a guy like Yoani is versatile. He can play multiple spots. Um, I know guys are rotating a lot this time of the year, and they will come into summer camp, but this has to be helpful for the continued development of the young quarterbacks, too, to have a full-blown offensive line back, and you're not shuffling guys around that you're probably not going to play with and everything like that. Well, it makes a big difference for them because they get to operate behind an offensive line that that can give them time to do something. I mean, it's helping both uh, Drew Aller and Bo Perbula. You know, Jack, Jackson Smolik, obviously, is a young player getting his first uh, um, 
first action in, in college. And it, by the way, and Jackson does some good things, by the way. He does some good things. There are a lot of things about him I like. Um, he's just starting out, though. Just starting out. But this is, you know, an opportunity. You know, Jalen Reed needs to step up at safety. You need K.J. Winston to step up at at safety. Uh, Cam Miller continue to make progress at corner to go with Storm Duck behind Kalen King and uh, and Johnny Dixon. Now, this is an important time for a young player like Tony Rojas, for example, who looks like he's got a lot of potential. So, uh, so uh, and here's one under the radar. Watch for a guy like Tyler Dzanski. Who's Tyler Dzanski? Tyler Dzanski is going to be the long snapper this year. After Chris Stahl's been in that spot the last few seasons, Tyler got some moments in games last year and did really well. He'll be critical, and he'll be good at it.